It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the football fanatics, football gurus, got Dan Rivera in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter at DanRivera228. Also have Jay Smoove on the podcast. You guys can find him on Twitter as well at Smoove underscore 702. You guys can always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, NFL Week 3. This is Part 2 of our Week 3 podcast. Myself, Uncle Dave, and Steve, we went ahead. We knocked out seven games. Myself, Smoove, and Dan, we're going to go ahead and we're going to knock out the remaining six uh, on the Sunday card. As you guys know, we don't do the primetime games. We pretty much just focus on the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games. Uh, interesting here, we have a double best bet, and Dan has a best bet with the first game that we're going to go ahead and preview here, and that's going to be the Ravens at the Patriots. Current line in this game right now, we have Ravens minus 2.5, minus 3. Make sure you guys shop around. Total on this one, 43.5. Dan, I'm going to go ahead and start out with your best bet. You have the floor. It's all yours, Ravens-Patriots. What are you thinking? My best bet this week is Ravens minus 2.5, minus 110. There's some week threes out there, so you can definitely find the 2.5. It pretty much comes down to that I think this Patriots team is not good at all. I get it. Last week they put up 17 points, but that's against the Steelers team. They got an okay defense now without TJ Watt, but I'm going to keep fading this Patriots team against any team with a competent offense. I think this offense is just so putrid anymore. It's so pathetic, and you're essentially betting with the Patriots not going to score more than 14 to 17 points. This line moved because the Ravens had that epic collapse being up several touchdowns in the last 10 minutes before blowing that lead. If the Ravens hold that lead and win by about 10 to 12 points like they were supposed to, I don't think it's minus two and a half pops. I think people are just overreacting because the Patriots beat a bad Steelers team. The Ravens blew a big lead to a Dolphins team who was largely getting dominated until the Ravens cornerbacks just couldn't cover anyone anymore and there was some busted plays at the end. So to me, just boils down to the fact I think where we're acting here, I'll gladly take the better offense here versus a team who I don't think can score for crap. So Ravens minus two and a half is my best bet this week. All right, there goes Dan with his best bet. Going to go ahead and pack the Ravens. Smooth, I'll throw it over to you, Ravens, Patriots. What are you thinking? Yeah, I kind of lean with Dan here uh, back in the Ravens. Only thing that the only reason why it's not a, a like for me is that you know it's a really lopsided play for the public. And, you know, with being the NFL being back, you know, it's one of the biggest, probably the biggest contrarian sport to bet. So but right now with the Ravens getting, you know, more than 85% of the spread tickets and more than 80% of the money line tickets, that's keeping me off that side. And when, you know, with the line moving, you know, towards, towards New England, you know, I know I agree with Dan that they, the Patriots have looked bad, uh, not just the first two games of this uh, season, but, you know, going back to the preseason with uh, going back and forth for who's going to be calling the offensive plays and having uh, options between Joe Judge and Matt Patricia, not really your, you know, uh, not what you really call, you know, offensive geniuses or both fail, you know, when they was in positions as head coaches for the Giants and the Lions. But when you look at this defense, you know, what Bill Belichick has been able to do, you know, the first uh, two weeks, you know, he held – uh, the Dolphins to 20 points, and he won, you know, the 17-14 game last week with the Steelers. So um, I think that it's a, you know, he'll he'll have a game plan to scheme up to try to, you know, keep this Ravens offense under control. So, you know, I, like I said, I, I lean towards the Ravens, but I might look at the play on the under. I know it's pretty low. 
you know, at 43 and a half right now. But, you know, I would look to play that under 43 and a half with Bill Belichick coming up with the scheme to try to keep this offense in check. And it starts with Lamar Jackson. All right. So it's moving to go ahead and maybe look at the under in that one. I'm, I'm torn. I think that the Patriots, if they're going to show up, it's probably going to be for this particular game. I think one of the things that kind of gets lost here with the Patriots is that they haven't played at home. I mean, you got to go back like, I mean, it's going back like more than a month. You know, their last final preseason game was on the road that was in Vegas. And then it was a trip to Miami and then a trip to Pittsburgh. So, you know, they finally get to go ahead and play at home. And one of the things that really concerned us with the Patriots was, you know, all the offseason chatter about, you know, that they, that they had missing pieces here, missing pieces there. They don't have, you know, an offensive or a defensive coordinator. But look, Miami's not a bad team. I think we would agree on that, that, you know, that they're at least playing up to the expectations. And the Patriots kind of hung with them. I mean, they only lost that game 20-7. to And then, they, you know, it's back-to-back road games or back-to-back-to-back road games. And then they go into Pittsburgh and, and they beat that team. So it's not like like I hate the Patriots here. If, if this line was three and a half, I would probably go ahead and gobble them up. But I do worry, you know, with Baltimore after suffering the kind of defeat that they did against Miami, it's do they come in here really salty? And I know Lamar's a little bit banged up and, and Dobbins might not be ready to go ahead and come back. But, you know, maybe this is a situation where you look to go ahead and live bet this and just see if, if, if the Patriots look right. And maybe there's a, an opportunity to go ahead and maybe bet the Ravens now at like two and a half. And if the Patriots look okay, you know, maybe there's a way for you to maybe get away from your Ravens bet or something like that, or you know, go ahead and back the Patriots. For me, it, it's got to be a pass right now. I don't know what to expect from the Patriots, but I certainly expect, you know, a much better effort from that team offensively. And I do think, you know, the fact that they haven't played at home in, in well over a month, um, that, that, that has to factor in. That there has to be a big motivational edge for them. So it'll be a pass for me ultimately on this game. And I don't even really want to lean um, in this one. It's more of, more, more of probably a live bet game for me. Uh, with that game out of the way, let's go ahead. Let's jump over to uh, Dan, your Indianapolis Colts. They're going to be at home here uh, playing host to the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going to be a favorite here on the road, minus five and a half. We have a total of 50 and a half. Uh, let me go first on this one. I'll go ahead and I'll tease the Colts here. I think Pittman coming back is going to be impactful. Everything that I've read right now saying that he he's going to end up, end up playing. And I know the Colts have struggled, but... You know, this has to be a game in which the Colts have circled. You know, big KC win for them last week against the Chargers, but they do have the Bucks on deck, and and this line went from three to six and a half, and now it's come back down a little bit, you know, down to five and a half. I think it's a pretty big adjustment, and I think it is warranted. Don't get me wrong. You know, the, the Chiefs have looked good, and the Colts haven't. But I think the Bucks on deck after a primetime division game it kind of creates like a sandwich spot right here for the Chiefs. And look, this is a big bounce back desperation needed win here for the Colts. I'm not impressed with Indy right now. I think I stated that enough, but I think Taylor and Pittman can go ahead and do enough damage, you know, to keep this game from getting out of hand. So I think teasing the Colts up to plus 11 and a half is probably a safe play here. And I think Indy shows up. I think they throw the kitchen sink here uh, at the Chiefs. And I think they look to do things defensively you know, to kind of slow down Mahomes and and confuse him. And I think he'll look human uh, for once this season because he's been playing really well. 
But I will go ahead. I'll tease the Colts up plus 11 and a half. That's what I'm going to do. How about you, Smooth? How are you feeling about the Chiefs and the Colts? Yeah, I kind of agree with you as far as being, you know, a little nervous to to get on the side of the Colts. But um, I think I'm going to go ahead and, and, and do it here. Currently getting, you know, the plus five and a half. And again, you know, just looking at the market for this matchup, 93% of the tickets currently on the Chiefs, 94% of the money line tickets. And I think that's just too lopsided to look at the Chiefs play. And like you said, I think this is a game that the Colts have to circle and have to look to bounce back and get right after being shut out you know, on the road by Jacksonville. You know, I think that's a real thing now. You know, they've had a history even going back to the days when Andrew Luck was the quarterback, you know, just struggling down in Jacksonville, not winning and not having much success there. But um, with, you know, getting some key guys back like Michael Pittman uh, at the wide receiver spot. And I think some some guys on defense like uh, DeForest Buckner is uh, questionable right now. I think he's leaning more towards the plan, but probably their best player overall and their best defensive player by far, maybe uh, Shaq Leonard. He's listed as probable to play. So I think you get, you know, they start to get some guys back. It's going to be a completely different Colts team, at least from the defensive side that we've, uh, you know, that we've seen for the first two weeks. And, you know, even with those guys healthy on the offensive side, I don't really think that they have the, the, the offensive firepower to kind of keep up with this Chiefs team with Mahomes, kind of really not missing the beat without Tyreek Hill. You know, one of my favorite stats is yards per point. I know a lot of people like yards per play. I like that one as well. But, you know, last year they had a 13.9 yards per point, which is really well, which means, you know, you're moving the ball really well and scoring points with the yards that you do gain. But this year, without Tyreek Hill, I know it's early throughout the first two weeks, but they've improved on that number to 11.9. So they don't have that firepower, but if they can get that defense healthy and, you know, use their running game and lean on Jonathan Taylor and Matt Ryan can be a little bit more better than he's been, you know, the first couple of weeks, I think they can, you know, stay within this margin and, and, just with the public market just all over the Chiefs at that, you know, with those bet splits. And I just got to look to back the Colts here with the five and a half. So, you know, I hold my nose with this one and, you know, uh, look for the uh, the fourth quarter to run out. And, you know, hopefully I'm on the right side of that one. So I'll take, you know, the Colts with the points. I think the fact that the Colts ended up laying a goose egg is like a massive wake-up call. And the fact that they ended up with a tie with arguably one of the worst teams in the league that that was a wake-up call going into week two. So this team has to be awake right now. And I think that, you know, we can't hold it against Ryan that he didn't have a whole lot of, you know, playmakers on the outside. But, no, it is another week. And, and look, some of these teams with new quarterbacks and new pieces, you know, they struggle for a little bit. But this has to be a week that they wake the hell up. And I think that it will be. Um, I'm not sure how you feel, Dan, about your Colts. I'm sure that the – you know the uh, the attitude out there in Indy is a uh, a little bit um, a little bit negative. You know with what they're seeing right now from Indy, especially with with two teams that they you know rightfully they, this team should be two and zero. At least that's what we all thought. So not sure how you're feeling, Dan, about the Chiefs and Colts, but what do you got? You're right about the negativity. Everyone is down on this team. Fire Frank Wright. Fire Chris Ballard. Get rid of Matt Ryan and just go completely tank mode. I think everyone just needs to relax. In modern-day NFL, if you can't throw the ball, you're never going to win again. The Colts didn't have their number one guy. They didn't have number one or number two. The number two is Alex Pierce. He's a rookie. You know, he's probably nothing great right now, but you can't have threes, fours, and fives being your ones, twos, and threes. The Jaguars, you could just stack the box, and good luck after that. Matt Ryan just constantly under pressure all day. That's what had me more concerned was the offensive line. 
Ryan just had no time. So that was my biggest concern from last week. Should they be this bad right now? No. Are they bad as 24-0? No. Are they as bad as they were week one? I'm not surprised by that result. They were actually somewhat lucky to tie, and I was pretty happy because I thought everyone bought into the Colts are good, Texans are bad, so I was happy from a bank account. But overall, they just need to relax on the team. They got some issues, some new pieces. These guys aren't practicing. They're not healthy, and they looked a lot worse so far than what they really are. Now, luckily, I'm never a big fan of this topic is, oh, if you lose, is the season done? No, this division stinks. They do need to win this week because their next three to four weeks after this one is still a very tough part. I've said multiple times now, you can't judge the Colts the first five or six weeks because the schedule is very tough. It's divisional opponents. It's Kansas City. It's Denver. These teams either know you or perceive to be top tier. So in terms of this Kansas City game, I get why the Chiefs are laying these points. I get why the Colts are supposed to be dogs. Andy Reid, extra prep time. Colts look like crap. At five and a half, I can't take the points with the Chiefs, but I'm not laying it with the Colts yet. So I'm going to lean Colts. If the Colts finally get their players back, I think the Colts will be in a competitive game. And if you're playing Survivor, I get you want Kansas City. But my prediction for this game, if Darius Leonard, DeForest Buckner, Michael Pittman, the team is just much healthier than they were last week. My prediction is this game will be a lot closer. My guess is Patrick Mahomes does Patrick Mahomes things. That's not a problem. But if Darius Leonard is out again, I don't think the Colts have much of a chance to win this game in terms of uh, outrights. Maybe they cover the last minute, but I wouldn't want to bet it. So it just boils down to how healthy are the Colts? Are they going to be able to block this week? Kansas City just lost a Willie Gay to his suspension, I believe for PEDs. So they lose a key guy in that defense. I expect a much better bounce back this week from the Colts. I like the fact they got a goose egg. The time to bet it was plus six or plus six and a half. That's why I'm only leaning at plus five and a half. I like the teaser option for them because that gives you a bigger back door. So just just long form of saying it all, they just got to be healthier this week before I back the Colts. So I'll lean Colts right now. I do like them with the teaser option. All right, good stuff there from Dan. Uh, Talking about a lot of injuries, let's jump into our next game, some Pretty significant injuries in this one. We have the Jags at the Chargers. Chargers are going to be minus seven. We have a total of 47. Dan, I'll go ahead. I'll throw it right back to you with this one. We know the Chargers are a little banged up right now. Herbert, you know, has got the cartilage thing. He's probably going to end up wearing some type of a, you know, flak jacket thing to go ahead and help his ribs out. Keenan Allen right now, not sure if he's going to go. So this line opened up at what, like nine and a half for the Chargers. Now it's come down all the way down to seven. So how are you feeling about the Jags and Chargers? If the Chargers were much more healthy, I would bet this on a heartbeat. Jaguars massively overachieved last week. This is a young team. They're still building. They got some pieces, but you're taking a massive step up in competition. I get it. The Colts weren't very good last week, but the Colts and Chargers are two totally different teams in terms of talent and the QB play and the wide receivers and just go down the list with the offensive line being somewhat comparable. This is a totally different team compared to last week. Those injuries are currently scaring me off the minus seven, minus six and a half did pop for a bit. If Herbert is good to go, and I already seen reports today saying he is good to go, I don't know how much stock I put into it, but if Herbert is looking good to go and the injury report comes back clean later in the week, I'll probably end up playing a Chargers first half just because Jacksonville got a big win traveling across country. Chargers 10 days off of for rest, so they should be getting healthy. 
But until I see that injury report, I can't back the Chargers. But the Jacksonville, to me, this seems like a letdown spot after a big win, shutout win. So I'll lean Chargers for now until I see the injury report. All right, so there's Dan's thoughts on that one. How about you smooth Jags Chargers? What are you thinking? You know what? I really like the Jags in this spot, so I kind of disagree on the opposite side with Dan here. You know, and I would bet it right now, you know, plus seven. You know, uh, you already mentioned it opened up nine, and it's dropped to seven. But, you know, again, the market looking at this one, uh, lopsided towards the Chargers with 66% of the spread tickets backing them here. And the biggest reason I would bet it now is because I think that there's a, a strong chance that Justin Herbert could be held out of this game. You know, we know that he had the significant rib injury against the Chiefs. And, you know, he hasn't really been practicing much. I don't expect him to practice much anyway. So leading up to the game, you know, with it being pretty early in the year, uh, I think that's just, this is a game that the Chargers will kind of, you know, overlook the Jags and kind of look to hold them out and look and expect to kind of get this win with their backup, uh, Chase Daniels. But um, just going back to, you know, our handicap that was mentioned on the pod last week with the Jags, this is a completely different team. And I think they got a lot of, you know, great momentum uh, under Doug Peterson and, um, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence getting kind of getting a, a whole fresh start because last year was just such a mess and, and so chaotic under Urban Meyer. And you also have, you know, a healthy Travis Etienne who we played with back in Clemson uh, to go with a, kind of like a running back tandem, probably one of the best running back tandems early in the season between him and James Robinson. And you, know, you look at all the money that they paid for Christian Kirk to come over to be the wide receiver one. So they have some, not household names, but they've been getting the job done the first couple of weeks of the season. And just speaking on their improvement, you know, from last year to this year, according to the Football Outsiders DVOA, they were the third worst ranked overall team with the 29th, uh, or the 10th, uh, 10th hardest schedule. Uh, this year, I know it's pretty early, but a significant improvement. They have them the second rated uh, best uh, DVOA team uh, with a, a below average schedule. But, you know, that's significant improvement, especially for a team like Jacksonville. And just speaking a little bit about the Chargers, you know, they haven't been a team that's, you know, covered margin, and it's a pretty big margin here. So just going back to 2020, they're only nine and eleven ATS, you know, against the spread um, in these spots. So um, I can't lay it with the Chargers, especially being backed by, uh, you know, lopsided with the tickets, you know, with the public here and dealing with the significant injury to the quarterback. So you know, I'm gonna look to play the Jags again this week. So I, I think they keep this one close. All right, so let's move in to go the opposite way there. I'm gonna go opposite of both of you guys. I have to pass. Um, I can't do anything in this game until I find out if Herbert's gonna play. Because it's going to affect the line too much, and, and the total is going to get affected too. And if Keenan Allen ends up being you know out, then who the hell knows where this number goes? This move you were talking and you were saying, you know, if Herbert actually is out and maybe Allen's out, that this number could go to, you know, maybe the Chargers only favored by like two points. You know, I don't want to go ahead and, and lay seven right now if, if this line potentially could go to two. So it's going to be a pass for me. All right, with that game out of the way, let's go ahead and jump over to the Rams at the Cardinals. Currently in this game right now, Rams minus 3.5, total 48.5. Smooth, you know these teams rather well, so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start out with you. How are you feeling about the Rams and Cardinals? You know, um, divisional matchup, um, Rams pretty much embarrassed them, um, you know, last, last year in the playoff round, but with the Cardinals coming off of that win, um, being down 20 points to the uh, to the Raiders last week, I think they have a, a lot of momentum. But, you know, when I was handicapping this game, you know, everything says point, point to the Rams. Um, I think they're 
I think they're the better team. You know, obviously, you know, when these teams have played, I've played a lot of games there. The road team is 11-4-1 ATS, you know, the last 16 matchups. The Rams are 9-1-1 ATS, the last, uh, you know, 11 matchups and 7-0 against the spread, the last seven matchups in Arizona. So, you know, with all that information, you know, you look to you have to look to play the Rams here. Um, again, it's just a lean for me because, you know, it's a, another lopsided game that the public's backing with more than 70% of the spread tickets backing them. So, you know, I would look to, you know, uh, lean towards the Rams. But, again, like I did last week, I didn't lay the 10. You know, when they played the Falcons, I took their team total over, which they went over uh, by a pretty significant amount. So I would look to get involved with their team total again here uh, as I think there will be some, some points in, in this matchup as points usually – uh, come by in bunches when these two teams get to be- get together with, you know, some explosive offensive weapons. You know, even though the Cardinals are missing a couple guys, they still managed to, you know, outscore, you know, the Raiders last week, twenty nine to three in that second half. So I'm gonna look to uh, either the team total over for the Rams here or the the over in general at forty eight and a half. All right, so there you go with smooth stuff there. For me, I'm I have to hold off on this game for a little bit. I think that I think some of the some of the wise guys might actually buy up these three and a halfs and this line goes to three. If this goes to three, I'll go ahead and I'll jump on the Rams. Um, I think with the Cardinals, one of the things that is a little bit alarming to me is the fact that James Connors banged up and reports are that he was held out of practice again. So he would have to play in order for me to even think about, you know, looking at the Cardinals at least at three and a half. If, if he doesn't play, then I don't think this line will get to three. So it's going to be a wait and see for me with this game as well. But if I can get this at Rams minus three, uh, I'll go ahead and I'll take that. That's pretty much what I'll do with that game. I think I'm going to look to go ahead and play that one slow and safe. How about you, Dan? How are you feeling about that game? I got to pass both sides right now. Cardinals last week, that nice win, but it's just they were dominated for most of that game up until the end. Rams. I'm not really sure what to make of this team. I don't think they're very good on offense anymore. I have some concerns. How's Matt Stafford's elbow? I don't know if that's going to be an issue each week or not. It's just going to be a guessing game. It is a divisional game. I just don't have much of an opinion on either team right now for this game. But at three, I could maybe be talking into Rams. But at three and a half, I'm just going to pass both sides. All right, so Dan, going to go ahead and look to pass as well. It doesn't seem like we had a whole lot of uh, strong opinion on that game. Uh, the next game we do, uh, we actually have a double best bet in this one. Myself and Smooth have best bets. Uh, let's go ahead and let's do the Bills at Dolphins. We have the Bills minus six, total 52.5. Dan, since you don't have a best bet on this one, we're going to go ahead and get your take first. And then myself and Smooth will go ahead and we'll give out our best bets. But how are you feeling right now uh, about the Bills and Dolphins? I am feeling like this is a tale of two different teams. Everyone saw the Bills dominate the Titans last week. I get it. Titans aren't good a team. Titans can't do much very well. I get why the Bills got moved. On the flip side, Tua made an epic comeback. It was nice, but they were dominated most of that game. And he had two picks, possibly a third, if Marcus Peters can bring it down. But right now, for the Bills, most of their secondary is banged up. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Dante. Dane Jackson, all questionable for this game. I think a lot of them go, but that does concern me playing Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. Ed Oliver, one of their pass rushers, defensive linemen, is also questionable for this game. Is 
Gabe Davis going to be back this week? I'm not sure yet. Last week, it sounded like toward the end of the week, he might have played if he had to, but they just went out with him just in case. This is a real test for the Dolphins. I get week one, Patriots Dolphins, not very good. Week two, epic comeback after looking battle game. Get that. But if the Dolphins can't pass, and the Bills have the weapons to do it, or the secondary to slow them down at least, I think the Dolphins get dominated in this game. To me, it's just watching last week, busted coverages, and the Dolphins looking a lot better. How do you handle that coming home now? So I'm going to pass this game on the side because I do think there is a bunch of sharps out there who's going to take up the Dolphins plus six. And now with plus six being off the board, I just can't back the Bills at the high. Maybe at three and a half, three and a half, four area, I could get on board. But right now, I'm going to pass the side. I also think this total is a bit high. For this total to go over, I think both teams have to be really efficient and consistently score. That, to me, I don't think is going to happen, or at least I don't want to bet on it. So I'll lean with the Dolphins right now at plus six, and I'll lean under 52 and a half. All right, so there's Dan's thoughts on the game. We have a special guest pick here. We have Klee Picks. You guys can find him on Twitter uh, at Klee Picks, at C-L-E Picks. Uh, he has an opinion on this game. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Hey, everyone, this is C-L-E Picks with my play of the week. This week, we are taking our talents and money down to South Beach in an early AFC East showdown as the Bills take on the Dolphins. Both teams come into this game 2-0. The Bills off a dominant 41-7 win on Monday Night Football over the Titans, while the Dolphins came back down 21 points to shock the Ravens in Baltimore 42-38. For this game, we are looking to cash in on a team total. Buffalo has been dominant on offense this season, averaging 36 points in their two games so far. This picks up right where they left off last season, where they averaged 31 points per game from Thanksgiving on. They head into Miami against a team that not only gave up 38 points to the Ravens, but a defense that has been owned by Josh Allen since he came into the league. Since Allen was drafted in 2018, the Bills have averaged over 34 points per game versus the Dolphins, including scoring 31 points or more in their last three trips to Miami. The Dolphins have been a fun story through two weeks this season, but I don't see them slowing down the Josh Allen train on Sunday. This week's play, Bills team total over 30.5 at plus 100 odds. All right, so all thoughts on that game from Clee Picks. Big thanks for him going ahead sharing his information. I'm going to go ahead and give my best bet out here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead I'm going to take the Dolphins on the money line. I know, I know it seems a little bit crazy, but this Bills team is a a win here from a win here over the Dolphins uh, before we you know start seeing Monday morning uh, that th- that this team's a lock to go ahead and win the Super Bowl. And typically, what happens here is that you know reality just shows up, and the reality is, look, the Bills are good, very good, but they could be riding high, and Miami, um, they're going to be ready for for this game on both sides of the ball. I don't think Tyreek Hill can be guarded. I think we're just a, a couple hours away potentially from you know the Bills going into Miami and beating them before you know we hear all the Monday morning the the Bills are the lock to go ahead and win the Super Bowl and typically when that stuff happens uh, reality shows up and the reality is that the Bills are good they're a very good team but they could be riding high in Miami uh, I believe they're going to be ready for this game on both sides of the ball uh, I think they have this game circled and we saw. A good Bills team last year, you know, looking really good, going into Florida and laying an egg against the Jags. And I'm pretty sure that Dan remembers that. Survivor pools all ended up getting destroyed. But my gut feeling says that 
this could be the game for the Bills and all the headlines that are already all typed up. Um, they're going to need to be erased, and I think Miami shocks the Bills here. I think it shocks this team right back into reality. No team just breezes through the regular season. Uh, it's a very few and far between teams have really just dominated the regular season, and I don't think this Bills team is built um, like some of those teams in the past. Miami has this game circled. That's for damn sure. Um, this Miami team was built, you know, to go ahead and give the Bills and any other good team in the league, you know, a run for their money. And I think they are. I think this team is is built really well. I think they're going to go ahead here and shock shock the Bills here in Miami outright. It's, it's honestly, it's a take that I haven't heard yet. So uh, I'm saying it. I'm saying it right now. Miami outright. Um, that's going to be my best bet on this podcast. But move as a best bet. So. I hope he's not on the bills here. Him and I, we, we sometimes end up uh, in these long debates. So, Smooth, the floor is yours. What are you looking at for your best bet? Sleepy, we are in lockstep agreement here. I like the Dolphins with you. Uh, getting the six, six and a half. You know, I'll play that money line with you, but, you know, my best bet is, is taking the points here with Miami. I do think they win this game outright. You know, my line, I have this being a 4.48 line here. But I have the Dolphins' favor. I thought I was the only one crazy here, but I like the Dolphins to win this game with you. But I'll definitely take the points. This is another uh, game that the public markets all over the Bills, and rightfully so. They've crushed their opponents, you know, very easily. Uh, their first two games with the Rams, the defending champs, and the Titans, a playoff team from last year. I don't think they're that good this year, but I do think the Dolphins have played the the tougher schedule with the Patriots and the Ravens here, and you know. When you look at the teams that have went out and got top two to three, five receivers like the Dolphins with Tariq Hill and uh, the Eagles did with A.J. Brown, um, they become a, a lot more explosive than what we've been accustomed to seeing from the, these two teams uh, with the quarterbacks in play. Um, going up against a team like the Bills, I think you need an explosive offense that can match them and, and get in the shootout with them. And both teams currently have a 6.7 yards uh, per play here, so I think the Dolphins can keep up with that. You know, both teams come come in this matchup with some some key guys, you know, uh, banged up and hurt. But I think the Bills have a lot more uh, important guys banged up and hurt, especially on the defensive end. I like the Dolphins last week against the Ravens, and the Ravens came into that matchup with some key guys in the secondary, you know, banged up, and it kind of showed in that second half when Tua just went nuts uh, and with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. I think the same thing can happen here because majority of the the Bills secondary is banged up, and they already have their all-pro Pro Bowl cornerback uh, in Tredavious White already going to miss the first four games of the of this uh, of the season on the injury list, and his backup is already hurt as well. So, you know, I, I like the the Dolphins here. I think they've been underrated for the last couple of years. You know, since 2020, they have the best record. You know, ATS at 22, 12 and one. Um, I, I, I think so. I think they're underrated coming in this matchup. You know, the Bills being the the Super Bowl favorite, Josh Allen being the, the MVP favorite. But I think with the moves that the Dolphins have made, you know, bringing in Mike McDaniels from, from my 49ers and bringing that passing game, so some running backs in that backfield and obviously adding a Tyreek Hill to go with Jalen Waddle. I think they have everything they need to make a, to, to get to the post, to make the playoffs. You know, I was on their team total over, you know, um, I was on them last week with the Ravens and, you know, Leading up to that fourth quarter, it just showed how explosive they can be. I think they put it all together again for this matchup here against uh, the Bills. I think they get the win, but I'll definitely take the points and sprinkle a little bit on the money line with you. All right. 
I'm excited because I don't have to sit here and battle it out with Smooth for you know two hours and we we get into these debates. So that's cool. I'm glad. Save me save me some time there, Smooth. Thanks, man. With that game out of the way, let's go. Let's jump into our final game here. Uh, we have the Eagles. They'll be on the road here at the Commanders. Uh, Eagles minus six and a half, total 47. So let's see if you you and I could agree on this game. Maybe we can. I'm going to let you go first on this one. Eagles, Commanders, what are you thinking? You know what? Um, I kind of underrated the Eagles a little bit coming into this uh, coming into the season, but I've been really impressed with what I've seen from them on both in, uh, in offense and defense. But uh, I was already sold on Jalen Hurts, but I didn't know that A.J. Brown would have that big of impact on not just him, but the entire offense. You know, that defense looks healthy, but again, I, I lean towards the Eagles, but again, it's another public play with majority of the tickets back in the Eagles. So I'm going to look to back the Eagles team total again uh, at 27 and a half uh, to the over. Uh, currently at DraftKings, it's uh, even money right now. Uh, this Washington defense uh, is not that great. Um, maybe they've had some tough opponents the first couple of weeks, but this is another tough opponent for them to try to keep an offense under control, but their defensive yards per point is at 13.9. So on the defensive side of the ball, you typically want that number to be higher. So, you know, you, you can let teams, you know, move the ball on you, but you're, you know, they're not converting those yards into points. But no matter who the commanders have played, you know, the first two weeks, you know, they've been able to put up some points against them. So I think the Eagles do the same thing here um, and go over that 27 and a half, you know, led by Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to back that, you know, team total for the Eagles over 27 and a half at even money. I don't mind that. I don't mind that pick at all. I think what you said actually in the last game's move is something that's important. And I think that it's something that a lot of the sharp guys just fail to admit or fail to actually just really make sense out of. Like Tyreek Hill, like I get it. Some people are like, oh, he's, you know, he's not worth a, a win. He's worth, you know, this many points to the line. And, you know, he's worth maybe like a half a, a half a win or something like that. Like, that dude changes so much on that damn football team. Like, I don't want to sit here and say that he's worth three wins, but they're going to win more games with a guy like that. And the Eagles are going to win more games with a guy like A.J. Brown. Maybe, you know, the guys, the guys are, are afraid to move their, you know, season win totals and stuff, you know, more than a half a, a half a win. But in reality, these dudes are making these teams so much better. Look at Tennessee right now. They don't have A.J. Brown. They're going to struggle. And I still think that at some point, even though the Chiefs are looking good, at some point that team's going to struggle. Not having Tyreek Hill on that team, in my opinion, is going to prevent them from advancing through the playoffs all the way to the AFC Championship game, or maybe they do get there. But I don't think that this Chiefs team can win the Super Bowl without that guy on that team, just because that that's who they've been. I mean, it's been Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Take him away, you know, it's, it's a big difference. If you take Cooper Cup off the Rams, I mean, what the hell do they look like? You know, do they win the Super Bowl last year? No, they don't. So it's important. And I think that, you know, bringing A.J. Brown into Philadelphia has been a massive help uh, for Jalen Hurts. It's, you know, they, they've – and I think that's a good thing for Philly. It's a good thing for Jalen Hurts that they've put as much as they can around him and they've shown him support and said, like, you're our guy, dude. Like, you're our guy. And I think that there were – you know, many opportunities, especially like when he first came in the league, you know, when Wentz was there and stuff like that. And it was like, hey, you know, we could have went a different direction easily. They could have easily went a different direction. But no, they stuck by Jalen the whole time. I think that that's huge for him. And I think that, you know, he's probably 
you know, doing everything that he can to go ahead and get better. And I like this Eagles team. I do. But I particularly don't like them in this game. Um, I think this is going to be kind of a tough game for them. That's a big win for them. Um, going ahead, getting a big win against Minnesota, where uh, a lot of people probably didn't see Philly winning by that margin. And I think that that's a big win for them. I think they can't actually come down to earth a little bit. But I know this Philly team. They play these razor-tight games out of nowhere for no damn reason. There was no reason that that Detroit game should have been that close. They outplayed them all game long, but they got carved up on the ground, and it seemed like to me that Philadelphia kind of seized that up. Uh, Last week against Dalvin Cook looked pretty good. But I think the commanders have plenty. I think Wentz could go out there and he can get the ball, you know, to Gibson out of the backfield. Dotson's looked really good. McLaurin's probably due for a breakout. Uh, Even Logan Thomas has shown up, so – there's enough offense there for the commanders. I like the over. I like the fact that Smooth likes the Eagles team total over. I think this number is short. I think 47 is just a little bit too low. But if I had to back a side here, it probably would be go ahead, take the commanders in the six and a half points. I think we probably see somewhere like a three, four, five point game uh, where these two teams are trading back and forth. And maybe the commanders sneak in the back door. And it's only going to be because the Eagles allowed that to happen. And I think that that's the one thing that Philly really needs to do in order to get into the Super Bowl and, and win into their Super Bowl. They 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 cannot play razor close games against bad teams. Like they need to put a full sixty minutes together and close out drives and 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 keep teams from converting crazy third downs and you know having these uh, mental lapses on defense or offense where you know they get hit with a flag here, hit with a flag there, and it was like, dude, you guys could have put could have put your foot on their throats and you you failed to do it. So until I see that, this is not a spot where I want to back Philly uh, in this particular game. So that's my take on that one. That's how I feel. feel good about both of these teams, actually. But I'll go ahead. I'll play the over 47. I think we see uh, fireworks in this one. How about you, Dan? You got the last say on this one. Wrap it up. Eagles commanders, what do you got? I'm going to move on this one. I'm more inclined to look to the Eagles team total over. My only concern for the Eagles team this week is everyone just saw how dominant they were. Could they have a goose egg against the Commanders? Because this is a divisional game. You got the Wentz roller coaster. He's probably going to do something really Wentzy because this is what he does. That game last week for the Commanders, on the first snap for them, they just were dominated all game up until the end when they made a run, but they couldn't finish it out. Could the Eagles lay a here? Maybe. I do think this line is a bit overreactionary from the two things we saw last week. So at six and a half or six, I'll lean small lean on the commanders because I just don't want to be on the Wentz roller coaster. But I do like that team total over 27 and a half. I believe it's 27 halves out there. Anything under 28, I think is okay. But I'm with you, Sleepy. I want to see this Eagles team put together a full 60 minutes. Last week, I know they were up big, and I don't know how much that offense was trying last week in the second half because the Vikings' offense was just putrid. So the, to me, this week, if the Eagles go out and dominate, then I think you can make an argument that they are Super Bowl contenders for the time being because we all know how that conversation goes. So I'll lean, small lean on the commanders again. I'm just not laying it with Carson Wentz. But I do think this line is a bit inflated. And I do think we see a competitive game for the most part. And maybe the Eagles, you get out at the last minute and cover, but I'll lean commanders. You know, I never have a problem looking to go ahead and, and play against a team that, that wins impressively in prime time. Everybody saw the game. I mean, everybody's all excited. It's like, really look great and stuff like that. And 
you know, give credit where credit's due. They played their asses off. They played well. You know, they got a big win and, and put a lot of margin in there. But, you know, generally that's when you're going to end up with, you know, the lines that are actually incorrect is when a team wins in prime time and they win in impressive fashion. So, um, you know, that's another reason why I think, you know, the six and a half has value. Good podcast there, guys. Good stuff. You got our best bets. Finally, me and Smooth, a uh, double best bet agreement. So I'm excited about that. Now I can't wait to watch that game. That should be a good one. But you guys know where to find us on Twitter uh, at SleepyJ underscore pregame, at Dan Rivera 228, at Smooth underscore 702. You guys could always get us at thebettingpredators.com and on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck for NFL week number three. Enjoy the games. <laughs>